everybody and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. Coming to you after <laughs> a very disappointing night in Newcastle, nil-nil, uh, where we did conspire to do everything but put the ball in the net, but thankfully we didn't concede one. So uh, to, to pick the bones out of this one, uh, first up in the world, we have Mike Davis. Mike, how are you? Suitably depressed? Yeah, very. <laughs> one yeah. one. Yeah, no, not too bad, to be fair, Dave. Um, thought we were a bit slow in the build-up. Uh, didn't shift the ball quick enough. Uh, so it allowed Newcastle to do what West Brom did, just camp and wait for us. I thought we needed to shift it a little bit quicker. Um, ah, well, well, we'll get into it as we go. We'll get into yeah. it as we go. There's plenty All to right. pick through. And uh, <laughs> next up in Liverpool as well, we have Jay Reid. Jay, how are you this evening? Happy New Year's Eve, as it is <laughs> for those UK citizens. Oh yeah, you've gone to you, you've gone to this tier three uh, oh, thing. Oh yeah, if only we could get three on the board tonight, that would have been nice, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, other than you know the usual moans and groans of a grim match and the grim society we're living in, all good here. Um, week off work, which is nice. So. We'll try and put together half an hour, 40 minutes worth of conversation about that diet performance. Mm, we don't have any tears here, which I'm, I'm really, they don't even understand what tears you, are. You, it's just, you live in just your own life. Tier. Yeah, it's in just called life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it goes on, sadly. Uh, <laughs> and on, 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 on. Uh, but uh, other than that, Andy, Andy Bell's with us as well. Um, have you finished your toasty yet? Can we talk to you? <laughs> What's a crack? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all done. Um, one cheese and ham, one cheese and tuna, actually, which was a bit of a rogue shout tonight. But um, that's actually, that's my second feel sorry for myself toasty. Because I, was about, I was about to suggest comfort eating there. <laughs> yeah. And it's the second one in what, four days, which just, yeah. you know, that, that that's four rounds of toast. That's not sustainable. So buck your ideas up, Reds. But yeah, um, all good, and um, yeah, ready to get ready to get talking about this uh, this game or what we can of it anyway. Well, indeed. Well, 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 I'll go to Jay first in that case. You can you can continue to munch in your tuna, uh, Jay. We saw tonight, and I'm you know I'm loath to criticise too much. There was plenty of chances to win. There was Salah had three sitters. Um, Bobby had a couple that really should have done better with. Sadio was a bit wasteful. You know, there was chances enough to win the game. I don't think we were that terrible defending a couple of moments, but, you know, Alisson, a very good save. But there's just something that's, you know, it didn't tonight, and it's the first time in a long time, feel like the team that was going to go and lift themselves up and go at it and get the points. And, you know, we'll talk about Thiago coming on as well uh, as we go through, and he did make a difference. but, But even at that, it was... There was just something about tonight. You just got the feeling that it was going to be one of those nights. Their goalkeeper did exceptionally well. As I say, we did ever, we did everything but score. But behind all of that, there was a sort of a lack of daisical, especially in the first half approach. You know, it seemed like we were just cruising through it as opposed to really applying the pressure. Was was that what you saw? That's that's the way it was for me. Yeah, pretty much. I think it was very much a hangover from the West Brom game. It sort of phased him from the second half of that game all the way through this one and it was just that lethargic lull that we're in between Christmas and New Year where you don't know what day it is, you don't know what's going on but it just seemed to just pass by and it was 90, 95 minutes or whatever of just 
staring at the screen thinking this isn't going to happen. Um, no, no qualms with the team that was selected on on paper, but as it transpired, I think you probably could have sacrificed a body in midfield and maybe put another attacker on, whether that would have been Shaq or Minamino or Ox. Um, you know, went for a four-two-three-one because I think we didn't need that many bodies in the defensive half of the field because they were they were only offering two up top. Um, and I know there's a lot of mixed views just in our group on Milner's performance. I thought he'd done okay, didn't do nothing wrong, but what he what he offers in terms of defensive um, cover for the fullbacks filling in mainly for Robbo on the left hand side, it then left us with two in midfield who were outnumbered by their three with Jones and Henderson. And I think tonight was the first night in a while where Jones was just being lost in a game. He looked like it just passed them by completely. And then Bobby was trying to drop in and fill that extra gap. But then that leaves you with Salah and Manny, two versus five, two versus six even at times. And we were just outnumbered. Like Credit to Newcastle where it's due. They, they took West Brom's play sheet and just said, OK, we're going to sit seven or eight men at the back beat us and we couldn't um, and that's where I think if we had our time again we would have maybe lined up with a 4 2 3 one put the likes of Minamina or Shaq in there someone a bit more clever on the ball who pick up these pockets of space and create an extra body and draw the odd defender out and maybe create a bit more space not that we didn't have our chances we didn't take them but just more confusion more attacking impetus and I think we were all salivating at the fact that that Palace game and seven goals and we expected the same tonight and apart from the goals it was not too a dissimilar performance because we were average in the first half of that game it was just a finishing that was the difference and I'm sure the other lads are touching it on another night we could have won that 4-5-0 or five nil. but the keeper had a stormer we missed sitters and so be it but it's not the first time this season and probably won't be the last but it is something we need, do need to change because we can't keep dropping points to these lower league sides. And I think, as we said, pre-pod, the, the United are twatting these sides and dropping points against the bigger clubs. And Ferguson's done that in the past. I, I don't buy into it myself. I think that's where their downfall is, that they can't beat the big boys. But they're putting four or five past these lower league sides and we're struggling. And it would now become the laughing stock and after all the success we've had it's, it's not nice to be on the on the back end of the the media criticism. We like to be on the top side of it, but you know, we, we can't have it all. That's football and that's life. No, and, and you're right. Like for me, I think Mike, you know, the narrative uh, certainly like I, I would watch an awful lot of the, the stuff on YouTube, you know, all the, the BT sports, BN sports. I watch them all. And and there there has been I would class it nearly as a soaring of relationship towards Liverpool or a soaring of of warmth. <laughs> I, 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 you know, that's it, the, the typical sort of British media. They build you up so as they can tear you down. They get much more fun than tearing you down. And, you know, given that, you know, we, we don't need to tell anybody about our injuries at the moment and, and, and coming back. But tonight we, we saw a team come out there uh, with young Nat Phillips. And I think a bit, bit of a surprise to me was seeing uh, James Milner actually starting after being away injured. Uh, it's quite rare that Klopp does. I think he tends to ease them back. I don't think Milner had a terrible game. And, and I saw young Phillips, you know, a couple of comments on Twitter that they weren't pleased with him. I know he's no Virgil van Dijk, but... 
you know, he, 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 to me, had a couple of moments maybe where he was a bit ropey. But other than that, he, he seemed to be okay considering the targeting that, 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 that Newcastle put him under. Yeah, I, I thought he did okay. Um, like you say, he's no Van Dyke. Um, he's not very comfortable on the ball, and I think they targeted that, didn't they? Uh, he was wasteful a few times, but he won his headers in the air. He did the simple stuff, which I think what Klopp got him in for, didn't he? Um, I think with Milner, that was a shock to me as well, Dave. Actually, I was surprised at Milner coming in. Uh, and like you say, he did drop back and cover for Rob a lot. And it was just too much for Jones, like Jay was saying, for Jones and uh, Hendo in midfield. Uh, I thought the game completely passed Jones by. He looked well out of his depth, which we know he isn't. But I thought tonight he really looked out of his depth. Um like you say, do, you too, do you think that's too much football at that level, Mike? I know you you work with younger players and whatnot. Like he, he, he you know, he's come in and, and he, he took tentative steps and, and he, he's impressed over a number of weeks. Not he's taken not a step backwards, but it, it, he wasn't particularly good tonight, as as we've all said. But do you think that's just a, a normal part of development for him? Yeah, I do, I do think it's been too much football. Yeah, um, I'm quite. As you know, I, I do a lot with kids' football um, and I'm very watchful of how much they do play. And I think he has played too much. He is a kid. He is learning. Do you know what? I've got a feeling that mistake of West Brom was playing on his mind. But he's going to make them mistakes. He's a kid. Um, he's learning as he's going on. You've got to allow him to make these mistakes so he improves and doesn't do it again. I tell the kids all the time, if you make a mistake, right, you won't do it again now. You'll think before you do it. And I don't think it's anything different for Jones. I think moving on like to Arnold, I thought his crossing was poor today. But again, people forget he's a kid. He's still a kid just because he's, he's not rival. He shouldn't be as good as he is at his age. But he's probably in the top five, definitely, in the world, right, backs. Um, but again, he's got. I've seen him get slated tonight on Twitter, uh, and I'm thinking, well, this this is a young kid. You know, he's not going to get his crosses perfect every time, is he? Uh, I, I think I think people are too quick at jumping on the kids' shoulders. They forget that they are kids and they're learning the game. You know, I mean, how good was Van Dyke at 20? Do we know? Was he going to be the player he is now? Uh, According to Burrell, he was dreadful at 20 and yeah. really slow as well. So there you go. Yeah, well, there you go. You've answered that question, you know, and now look at him. He's the best in the world. Uh, I just think people need to give these kids a bit of slack. Uh, I didn't think Phillips did too much wrong tonight. Like you say, I did think the game passed Jones. I would have booked Jones at half time, actually, and put Thiago on. Um, I thought the midfield was a bit negative myself tonight um, I don't know I'm one of these I don't think Milner and Endo can play in the same team um, that's just my personal opinion and Too we were waste or... yeah yeah I think I don't know they just I just don't I just don't think we work together with them too see I like Genie and Endo I think they complement each other perfectly and I think when he come on I think before Thiago come on, I thought we upped it. Genie give us that extra little, you know, he, he supports the forwards. He was he was here, there and everywhere. You know, I, 
going on about missing the chances. I don't think I don't know if you saw it, Dave, but I picked up on it and I commented in our group when Marnie missed that chance. The goalie hooked his leg. If he'd gone down, I think it was a penalty. Um, did you notice that? I did. I, I didn't notice that myself. Now, and, and yeah. I'd be very and, and put it like this. From early on, I was I, I was quite happily looking for penalties. So <laughs> I was I was like, sure, just have a shot from outside the box. I might have a hand. Uh, you know, utter desperation, and, and and that desperation grew throughout the game because like even even when Thiago came on, uh, Andy, like for me, it was getting dark. You know, it was like we could we could play here until this time tomorrow, and and we could can try to do everything perfectly, but the ball would just won't go into the net, and. You know, look, you're going to get, you know, we, we we got away with an awful lot over the last couple of years. And we've had a spanking at the hands of um, of Aston Villa this season. It's an anomaly. And and now we've just had a goalkeeper having a great game. And not taking nothing away from Newcastle. They defended extremely well. And they, they were a bit different beast to, to West Brom. They actually had a bit of a, uh, a impetus going forward as well about them. Not much, but but they, they caused us a few problems a lot more than West Brom would have. But, like, really, it, it, you know what I mean? It's really hard to be critical of them because the chances were there. There was there was more than sufficient chances to be there. But where has this swashbuckling team that we used to love, that would never say die, that wouldn't be waddling along in the 93rd minute, aimlessly passing backwards and taking short corners and things? That wasn't what we were doing. What's changed here? Uh, I do think, like we were saying uh, before, we you know come on air tonight. I I, I think it's too much football in a short time. I think the players are tired. Um, you know, they're playing a lot of football, aren't they? And, and like Liverpool flew up to Newcastle tonight, like Jay was saying earlier. Normally, they go the night before. I mean, I know it's only a short flight, but it can't be any fun flying up there, getting in and off the plane and or travelling to the ground. It's not the perfect preparation for a game, is it? You know, I don't think so anyway. No, no, definitely not. And, and Andy Thiago... I know you're a fan. I think we're all a fan. Um, you, you know, when, when that guy comes on, I, th- I think that what we saw in 20 minutes or 17 minutes or ho- however long it was that we got from from Thiago, it, it, it sort of suggests to us that nights like this are not going to be very common for us. Yeah, I'll not repeat what I said in the group chat about Thiago on air um, because I think that would just get me cancelled. But he is—he was so good when he You're came a bit on. Broke he was, back on it now. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, yeah, just, just—I don't know. I, I feel like when I watched that first Chelsea game, I had to rein myself in because there was all this hype about him. There was all this. The idea that he's one of he's one of the best midfielders in the world. He's come to the Liverpool Football Club on top of what we have already, both in that position and in terms of the whole team. And like it was getting to the point where I watched that game against Chelsea and like any five yard pass, I was just like screaming over it was. Uh, and, and I don't want to I don't want to become like I don't want to become have have like um what's what's the word confirmation bias in my head uh about what he does. Just thinking every every sort of minor thing he does was brilliant. But when he came on tonight, I mean. He just finds passing lanes. He just finds angles it's of passes. Stature. I think it's how he how he carries himself on a football. Yeah, field. He, yeah. he looks different. He just looks the part, Andy. You know. 
he, he does, and he and, and and Newcastle know that. I mean, look, everyone's watched the Champions League, everyone's watched international football over the last five, ten years, everyone's watched Pep's Bayern Munich at um, Thiago at Barcelona. Everyone knows what this guy's all about, and everyone knows what he can do, and he does have that aura about him. And even when teams are showing him that much respect, you know, they're standing off him because they know he can pick a pass from more or less anywhere to anywhere he wants, and that and that that's just sort of what we saw tonight. He was it was. It was that quicker pass, and it was finding that opening, which gave Mane or Salah, Firmino, whoever it was, that bit more space. And I think we were talking about on the pre-pod as well. He was like, um, he he was almost like a, a step ahead of the fullbacks at times when he was spraying the ball out, and Robertson and Trent were just about getting to it before it went out. But that's because that's where they should be. That's because he's, uh, you know, he's a chess analogy. He's five or six moves ahead of the rest of the team, and if if he's five or six moves ahead of the rest of our team. Imagine what he's going to be like ahead of opposition teams, you know. He's just an absolute class act, and and I can't wait. I think um, if we can keep him fit, and that's a big thing because he did have his injury problems at Bayern. Uh, I'm not sure if that was sort of a historical thing throughout his career, but it was definitely mentioned a lot in terms of the narrative around him both this summer and throughout um, and throughout his sort of tenure at Bayern that he has had his injury problems. But well, if we he, can... he, he's, he's the type of guy who unlocks your defences for you. Yeah. Yeah, and, and in a tight game like this, but he's also the guy that you want in the biggest games because he can—he is the game changer. It's—it's well, it's a really—it's a conundrum. You want them in every game, and I hear what you're saying and the injury record in Bayern Munich and whatnot. Sure. But he's the type of player that we're gonna. Oh, why can't Thiago play? We'll want them every week. You just know it. And you just even look at the, the games he's played, even forgetting tonight. I know he's only played the two, but in that Everton game, you know, when it goes 2-2 and Everton are sitting everyone behind the ball last 10 minutes and he picks that unbelievable pass to Manny, which produces a goal that never was. And like, that's what he's going to, that's what he's going to offer to this team. That's what he would have offered if he played. If Thiago Alcantara played 70 minutes against West Brom, we'd have won that game. No problem at all. We'd probably have won it by a couple of goals because the angles of passes he finds is control of the ball, his ability to, as you say, break teams down, break the lines, break through defenses, break through low blocks is unparalleled in this league. It just is. The only man that can come close to him in terms of it is Kevin De Bruyne. And I think Thiago is, 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 of very different players, very different roles, but I think in in terms of um, unlocking those defenses that you're talking about, it, it, Thiago is the best in the league at it. And if we can keep him fit, and as I say, it is a big if because we all know his injury record. But if we can get, and we'll have to manage his minutes, but if we can do that, then we we could well be on for uh, for winning this league by 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 a distance again. Obviously, not the same distance we did last year, but. That guy, you know, he is he's a cut above. Um I think you know he's up probably up there with one of our best players. Um that's what that's we've what I was thinking. We've barely seen him and we've yeah. barely seen him. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when I when he came on. That's what I was thinking the way he changed the game. That guy's one of our best players. Um and well, given, yeah. Andy, given given the fact, you know, you talk about managing his minutes and whatnot, I think the mm-hmm. way that we have managed his injury. Mm-hmm. You know, and we have been very, very uber, uber careful. Yeah. And, you know, he came on there tonight. He didn't look for. T- he looked well up for it. He looked totally fit, raring to go. Which, you know, generally that's what Liverpool do. They don't send them back half fit. Um, are they loath to do that? But you um, don't take a risk on him, like you maybe do a Matip throw him back in half a game early, just because you're worried about it. You know, you just don't do that with Thiago because he's it's too important to have him fit. And the, that injury we talk about, the you know, it's an impact injury. It's an absolute stinker of a challenge for Richarlison, and he hasn't got enough sort of stick for it or media coverage it's an absolute nasty challenge it's a challenge because he hasn't got near him all game 
uh, it's a challenge born out of frustration and it's a challenge from a player who has history and has history talking to the press about this type of things. It was absolutely disgusting. Um, but, you know, that, so it's not like he picked up these muscle injuries that, you know, Matt Tip and Keita and, and Oxy Chamberlain do. It was an impact injury. So, you know, we can't even say that was down to mismanagement of minutes or anything like that. But, um, this that that's that's I think I've said sort of all I can on the 17 minutes on Tiago. But just if I can just really quickly do, um, sort of brush up on the uh, what the other guys Please have do. said. There. Please do. Um, I thought Phillips. Like I don't think he had a bad game per se, but I think as I was saying to you guys before. It's it's the way you have to sort of change your approach. It's the way you the way you play in possession, the angles you make. When you've got Phillips there, who's just nowhere near that level in terms of uh, on the ball, the, and you have to you have to change it up so much. It does have an effect on your play. And I think actually other players like Trent and Robertson in the middle third in possession were really really good tonight. And I think that's the only reason we kind of got away with it. We were able to create chances and we were able to put in what I actually think was a good performance. I think we're really unlucky not to win it. Um, but uh, yeah, Phillips, it's, it's one of those. Him and Williams, look, with Williams, same sort of thing. Okay, he's good on the ball, but he's so slow that you just can't have the line up that high and, and you'll either get caught in behind or you have to drop the line 10 yards. And that has an impact on your, your overall play as well. So with these guys, I mean, I, I said it on the podcast uh, in midweek there after uh, West Brom. Um, with these guys, they have to be emergencies. They have to be fifth choice. They can't be backups. And that's what they are now. Um, in fact, they're, one of them has to be first choice if we don't bring anyone in. Because uh, I think Jay was saying that, um, that Matthew's out for three weeks now. So who knows if Klopp's going to do anything in January with that one. But if it is something we're looking at, um, we're looking at having to play one of those two for uh, what, like 10 of the remaining 20 games or so there is this season, then I think we are going to be in trouble in terms of retaining this league. Um, who, was the, who was the other one? Sorry, was it uh, talked to somebody before Trent? Uh, who Curtis my, Jones. Sorry. Curtis Jones, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I don't think he plays well today, but he got a bit of criticism after West Brom, and we didn't really touch on the podcast um, after West Brom, uh, but I think... He was actually quite good in that game in midweek, and I think the reason, like, it's that it's against the uh, Sam Allardyce side. It's the toughest position to play. Anyone can go out there and do what Genie Wijnaldum did, and, and that's not a criticism of Genie. That's just his role in the team uh, is to recycle possession and keep things moving. But anyone can go out and do that on that day. No pressure on midfield. No pressure on the back line. Um, but Curtis Jones actually has to almost provide that provide that moment, provide break those lines as we're talking about, which I think he did really well in uh, in for example the West Ham game at the start of the season, and I think he, he did that really well in other do, games. Do he's you feel, do you feel maybe just going back to basics for a couple of games for him to get him get him back in again? Because he, you know, we, we'd seen a few of the wee tricks and whatnot, and don't get he's a really good player. I was doubting him yeah. again, and Andy, and, and I've come around to it. And and I think you know when when you're young and you've had a knock like that, you just need to go back to basics, do the basics right, and the rest will follow. Uh, possibly, but then in terms of like tactically and the the balance of the side, who then is going to play that slide rule through ball? Who is going to be the guy to break the lines when if you've got Keita injured, which he perpetually is? Um, and the, okay, of course that could be Thiago, but Thiago isn't really that. It uh, doesn't really sort of get that many assists. He's more the pass before the pass. He's more opening up the play to create the chance. Um, so Curtis Jones sort of does have to do that. I think we maybe talked in one of my first podcasts about how we thought his performance was a little bit immature. His use of the ball was, he was too excitable. He still thought he was that guy in the under 21s, 23s, whatever it is, um, who just takes the ball and pings it in the top corner. And look, is, like, 
look I'm well better than everyone else you know what I mean whereas he sort of had to mature his game a little bit and I think he's more so been able to in, in the past month um, become become that guy that he was in the under 23 he's a guy who does make the difference and I, th- I just think it's one of those tonight with a player like that it's like Coutinho Coutinho when he played in the midfield had to play that role Coutinho had some stinkers for us right the way through it didn't matter uh, in how good form he was in and I loved him I thought he was a fantastic player but you have those games against deep line defences where the onus is on you to break them down and, and sometimes it just doesn't happen because it's the hardest thing in football. The final ball is the hardest thing in football. Uh, and I think we have to remember that of anyone playing in that role in Liverpool, uh, never mind a, what, 19-year-old. So, yeah, I didn't think he played particularly well tonight. So he played well on Wednesday. And I think that's just what you're going to get from anyone in that position, really. Yeah, I think any criticism is kind of harsh. You know, we've seen, we've seen enough to, to, to suggest that this kid's got a future. Uh, I think we would all agree on that one. Jay, yourself, this is a disappointing result. and only gives us a point. And, and that means that the mighty Manchester United, if, big if, they win their game and are, are leveling points on us. I, I don't know. And I'm going to ask everybody this question or give you all a shot at it because I, I don't believe it myself. Uh, I refuse to believe it. I'm I'm a bit concerned that City would be a point behind us if they win their games in hand. Uh, that's a bigger concern to me uh, of what's coming up in the reels. I don't see anything else there that, that that I'm worried about. I know Chief and I had a had a difference of opinion on this. He he doesn't see City as as our nearest challengers, but I I only see City. Um, I think United will naturally come to an end. They'll probably get top four, but the the so-called and I do call it a so-called because I don't call it a title challenge they have at the moment, will fizzle out, I think, pretty much after the visit Anfield. Your thoughts, please? Definitely. Simple as that. Is it a title challenge after 15 games? Maybe. No. For me, a title challenge is if you're competing this, if there's a three-point gap and you're on game 25, 28, then you're talking a title challenge. This is just competition like look at Spurs Spurs three weeks ago top of the league title challenges it was a two horse race they went from first to fifth in the space of a weekend in 24 hours three games in the spin and that's it and they're struggling for top six like that's how quickly it can change and the the only thing we can do is just keep getting our results we've we've gone top we've stayed top if all the other teams around us win their games in hand they won't go above us that that that's as simple as maps as you can put it. Um, yet they'll come and they'll go. We we're struggling. There's no doubt about that. Especially in the past few games we struggled, but we're still putting points on the board. And all right, it's not the three points, but it's still we're not losing points. We're still difficult still, yeah. to beat. And, and the only have we lost once this is a Villa the only loss we've had this season. I think that's it. Yeah, um, the draws are mounting up. That's the problem. That that is the problem, and our away form is not what it normally is. Um, normally, we are a lot better away from home. I think we've only had two wins away from home this season. I think we're now on four, maybe five draws. Um, but we're not losing, which is a positive. It, it it does tend itself back to the old adage of a. We're playing a lot of games in such a short period of time. There is fatigue. You've only got to look at the results. This game week, as as a small microcosm, Leeds were the only ones that scored more than two games, two goals in their game. Um, no other team scored more than and twice. They're, they're, they are hardly a barometer for anything, really. No, no, they're, they're, except they're, for some they're, chaos. They're just a psychopath, 
psychopath of the team. They are an image of the manager on the sideline. He is a psychopath, but Leeds can go and lose 6-2 or whatever it was to United and then go and beat someone 5-0. That's just how Leeds are. But if the other game this week, Barden, obviously the two that were cancelled for reasons we won't get into, um, Man City. But no other game did the team score more than two goals. And I think that does just prove, A, the Christmas schedule is always hectic and busy and managers will always moan that there's too many games and whatever. But in this period that we're in, it's a lot more demanding. Um, so, so it does lend itself to that. And for me, it does lend itself to, there is no fans in the stadium now. It's well known, Liverpool fans travel in numbers, they travel in voice. That's got to be a factor somewhere along the lines that there's no 12th man there. Whether Even if but you're playing away you, at Old Trafford, that, there's that 12th man. And, and, you know, look, it's quite fine if you're doing this, but, look, I, I've, you know, I've been in Anfield many times, I've been all our grounds, and, and our ROA support is, is excellent. I hear what you're saying. But, are you are you suggesting that it's not a level playing field that we're we could suffer more because our fans are better and and I I truly believe no, that maybe but I think it's just it's natural competitive animalistic nature of if you're in a competitive situation and you'd run off adrenaline if the fans even if you're playing in a hostile atmosphere let, let's say Old Trafford or Goodison Park oh, I can where, drive you on I can drive them on. It's just volatile and there's noise. It naturally just in, gets the endorphins going, gets the adrenaline pumping, and it might just give you that extra 2 3 4% that just pushes you to the edge. I mean, look at Villa Park last season when Villa thought they had it won in the 88th minute and we got one and we went 2-1 because Villa fans are screaming for the final whistle. Liverpool fans are screaming for us pushing on, and it's just natural noise, it's natural adrenaline, and that extra couple of percent can be all it takes, and I, th- I think it's been underestimated how much the lack of fans is there. And then I know we had a couple of thousand over the weekend and a few other games, but it's nowhere near what a full stadium is. Whether you're playing home or away, that noise, you, you can't replicate that. And I think that is a big factor that a lot of people are missing. But it's for everyone. You can't just say it's for us, but it is for everyone. And I think if you look at Klopp, like, like I said, with Leeds, with a reflection of the manager on the pitch, Klopp feeds off the fans as much as the fans feed off him and the team. So it works hand in hand. And I think that's just something that's been lost in the whole mire of this mess that we're in. But it's, it's, it's no legislation for, for dropping points. It's just what it is. But getting back to, to United, I, I don't see them as long-term challenges. Like, you know, they, they can win three or four games in a row and all of a sudden Ollie's the next Ferguson they can lose two out of three and all of a sudden he's down there with David Moyes and Louis Van Gaal as a big flop and they want him out the door quicker than he got in. So that just shows exactly what they are. I'm, I think I'm sure you're the same experience. as me. You're, you're quite happy to see them hovering around third or fourth, keep yeah, him in a yeah, job because yeah, yeah. while he's in the job, they're not threatening us in any way? No, 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 not at all. I mean, like, Spurs is the classic example. They come and went as quick as, as, quick as Christmas comes and goes, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's there and it's gone in the blink of an eye and I think... United have got a couple couple of games coming up in over the next two weeks. They've got City in the League Cup. I don't even know what it's called now. Um, and then they've got us in a couple of weeks and 
all right, they've got a few favourable fixtures in the league, but their season rests on that that game against us. I know we've still got to go to Old Trafford, but they've got it to could come be to well over by then. <laughs> they've got to come to Anfield, and like that game last season was the game that we, or I'd say we, most of the fan base had that belief that we're going to win the league. That was when it burst out, and that'll be in the back of their mind, even though there's no fans there. They they will have in the back of their mind that we won the league against them because we did and that's the motivation that Klopp should be using look at the game last season you sealed the deal last season when you beat them alright it wasn't mathematically done but mentally everyone thought that's it now it's done go out and prove a point and that, that, first, that's all the, the first time it was the first time we're going to win the league was chanted all year after Salah's yeah. goal in that 2-0 yeah I'm, I, I don't even want to tell you what state my legs were in because they were bashed off a chair and people were hanging off my neck but it was it was that moment and that that's all the motivation that the lads should be is show them that game back or show them that last five minutes back from that corner to Allison sliding on his knees and the whole reaction of the crowd and just say that's all you need on that pitch there's nothing more nothing less there's no fans here but go and give it to them at home go and just show them that and I just I just don't see anyone else challenging us because we're missing so many but we've got some maestro about to come back into the field and if he can stay fit I I, I don't even want to begin to think of the, the strings he's going to pull he'll have the whole league in his hands because he's that damn good 17 minutes a night and he was much better than any other player on the pitch so what's he going to be like in two or three weeks time when he's fully fit I, there to think how good he could be and people have salivated about Kevin De Bruyne but this lad's something else yes he is he, uh, uh, you can do a whole podcast on him to be fair um, Mike yourself um, where are you on the United City conundrum would you would, would you agree uh, that our eyes should be more firmly fixed on City than they are on United oh yeah definitely United are not in the race um, they just did I think if that Fernandez gets injured, United just drop down the league. Everything goes through him. Everything. Um, I think the I know it's daft to say, but I think they're a one-man team. Uh, I don't see him being anywhere near us come February. I think they'd be completely out of it. I think there's only City can get near us, but I even think they're behind us this year. I think we're we're far superior. We're just having a bit of a bad run of form but we're not losing the games are we we're still collecting the odd one point here and there um, we're still top of the league we've still only got one loss which is a freak result I can't see that happening again um, that kind of scoreline um, going back to what you were saying about the fans um, I don't think go back to the Everton game Everton with a full stadium can't play like that against Liverpool and we would just then take them apart with counter-attacking football uh, and I think United look how they've been I think the crowd would get on their back I mean that City game against United I mean everyone went to sleep even the players didn't they um, the crowd would be on the back and I think City would probably win that game um, and I agree again with Jay our away fans are just something else um, they really drive us on, don't they? Uh, I just don't. No, I can't see. I don't. I don't see anyone there as Dave. To be truthful, 
not with the players we've got coming back. We've had but yet, but yet they are, Mike. They're breathing down our necks tonight. That's the that's the issue. I know. Um, they, yeah, I know they are, Dave. But we've got half the first team missing, haven't we? Let's be fair. And we're still top of the league. You know, um, it's only going to go one way now, isn't it? Don't you think? I think we're having a bit of a blip. Uh, other teams are going to have blips. And any team that's been close to us when they come to Anfield, Leicester, they were going to give us a game. Wolves were going to give us a game. There's only the City game, which probably will turn out to be a good result at their place, nil-nil. Beat them at our place, took four points out of six against them, haven't we? Uh, which is what you've got to do, haven't you, against your local close rivals. You've got to win them top games, haven't you? That's. I just think when United come to us, I think we'll do to them what we did to Spurs. Just blow them out of the way and just say, right, this is what you've got to do to beat us. Yep, and it'll be ugly and it'll be horrible and and we know yeah. that, but we'll probably yeah. we'll probably end up winning it. Andy, oh, yeah. you're yourself on this one. Um, you know, we, we, I think the last pod I did with with Neil and Dave, we talked about this this new pragmatic Manchester City that that has that's come out of the woodwork from nowhere, uh, playing a very different style, certainly conserving a lot more energy, very unpep like type of football. But would you be in the camp with the rest of us that they they look like the challenge? They 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 look capable of grinding stuff out in a different way that they didn't maybe in seasons past. Yeah, right from the start for me, Manchester City have always been the the one. They've always been the one team I I look out for the results. They still are, um, because of the way the seasons have been in the last few years, where it's been just us and City going for it. There's there was only two games you were interested in every week. It was our game and it was City's game. And you're watching our game and you're watching City's game to see if they drop points. And all other football, like I used to get properly buzzing when United lost or dropped points. I still like to see it. It still sort of makes my night, but it's not the same way as what it was when there were competitors or when there were miles ahead of us. You know what I mean? Um, in terms of like Man City, yeah, it has been a more pragmatic approach this year. And I think it's because obviously last season, it was us who had the more pragmatic approach relative to them um, and teams sort of realised they could get at Manchester City's defence and you know a Virgil van Dijk there's you only find one of them every 10 years that you can buy really I think uh, for a team and we've got it and they as much as I think Ruben Diaz is a good player as much as I think they have some decent centre halves as well I think Laporte's a very good player when he's fit um, I think teams know they can get at Man City's defence and I think Pep realised that he needed to uh, to protect that a little bit more and People always think that Pep's this guy who has this one philosophy that he takes wherever he goes. It's not really the case. He's always adapted. He adapted when he went to Bayern. Um, he still has his sort of, um, what's the word, ideology, but he, it's, he can change the strategy game on game. And at Bayern, it wasn't the same sort of tick-attack of football that he had at uh, at Barcelona. And that's because the, the, the players at Barcelona have produced right the way through um, from from you know, under fives or whatever it is, right the way up to the first team, that's drummed into them. Whereas that's not the case in 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 Germany. It's it's a different culture, and it's a different culture in England as well. Um, and that, and that's just what it is. So I wouldn't. I don't think it's like a case of uh, oh, we're clops in Pep's head or any of that nonsense you see in like football Twitter or anything. I just think it's 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 a it's a different change in approach based on what he's seen last season, and they're naturally not as good as as us at that approach uh, because we've had a year or two of, of practicing it. Um, 
I but that said, you know, there there are still games you watch where they do look very good. Um, I thought that Southampton result they had a couple of weeks ago. I watched that game. I was impressed with them. I think that's a, a performance we haven't really seen from a Pep Guardiola Man City side. Um, but on the contrary, they're not getting these 6-0 wins over the likes of uh, Fulham or whatever. It's more 1-0s, 2-0s, or even dropping points at times. Because as I say, they haven't really... Uh, they're not completely used to this style of play yet. Um on sort of United, I'll throw this back at you guys. Um, does anyone see Everton as a serious title contender? No. 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 <laughs> does no. Any- no. no. <laughs> does no. anyone see Aston Villa as a serious no, title contender? No. <laughs> right. So, so if you're considering Manchester United a title contender based on the mathematics of this mad league table right now, then I'll say if Everton win their game in hand, they're only a point behind us. And if Villa win their two games in hand, they're only a point behind us. So if all you're sort of going off, and I understand it because in 13-14, until about March, I was still convinced Man United were going to put a run together and challenge us in City. But I think but we're Andy, talking- that's the thing. I don't. Yeah. That's the difference between them and City. We have evidence that City could put a, a 25-game un, unbeaten streak together. We don't have the evidence of United. Nothing even to suggest it. And I, th- and I think we go off the name. I think we go off the name Man United. As I say, that's what I did uh, in that in that Brendan Rodgers season. That's probably why I'm a bit worried about them, like naturally in the back of my head. But as I say, there's nothing, there's no sort of evidence of it. And there's no evidence based on their performances this season. Yes, they've amassed the points. Um, but there's nothing, there's nothing you look at. You probably even say Aston Villa have performed better than them this season. Um, overall, and maybe Everton at times as well, certainly in the first part of the first half of this season. So, what what the overall point I'm making, of course, I know none of us think that Everton are going to challenge us for the title. None of us think that Aston Villa are going to challenge us for the title. But the point I'm trying to make is that there's no, as you say, there's no evidence. There's no evidence in performances from Man United, and we're just doing it off the mathematics and their name. Um, I think that uh, the reason, obviously, that that there's so many teams in and around the top of the league at the minute, six or seven teams. And that's not even including, you know, the likes of Spurs and Chelsea, who have had a few stinkers of results. But a, f- a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, people were talking about these teams as challengers. Um, the reason for that is just because us and City haven't been able to put the results together that we were doing in the last few years. Now, I think that we are going to improve in the second half of the season. Uh, I think with Thiago coming back, with the fact that, you know, we're not playing an important game every midweek or every weekend because we're pretty sure we're not going to risk anyone. We don't need to in the FA Cup, um, you know, and, and that, that takes up, what, two, three weekends before obviously the quarterfinals are played during Premier League games and it all gets a bit messy, uh, certainly for fantasy football. But I think it's uh, it's it's one of those things where, yes, the games come thick and fast. Yes, there are no um, there are no free dates to reschedule fixtures and like um, it's it it's it is difficult. You you still do have to prepare for these games, but it's not like you're playing Atalanta and Ajax and these games you have to win. Otherwise, you're in the Europa League. You know, they're games we can rest players in and. I think, and that's why I think we'll step like up Mitchell as well. Like Mitchelland, like all the rest. Of yeah, yeah, Mitch, Mitchell, <laughs> That's yeah, my worry for the FA Cup, to be fair. Yeah, Mitchelland's obviously the exception, but I think he sort of said he didn't want to do it. He didn't want to sort of throw a game 5-0, 6-0 in the Champions League, uh, whereas I don't think he's anywhere near the same respect for the domestic cup competitions. But, uh, but no, what I would say is I think even as, as frustrating, not even poor, frustrating as we've been in certain games this season, maybe in the first half of the season, uh, I still think we're 
um, underachieving in terms of our points total. I think if you play that half season out a, a number of times and play the same way, we probably do on average of more points than that. Um, so I think there's there's a lot of things pointing towards the fact that we're going to improve. But if we do have the same sort of luck and the same stinkers of performances thrown in every now and again in the second half of the season that we do in the first, then it could be a mad team like a Man United that ends up challenging. But as I say, there's I, I don't think that'll be the case. Obviously, we've had a couple of bad results here at, at Christmas, like West Brom and, and, and Newcastle today. And I think we, we've got Southampton uh, Monday. Uh, Jay was saying in the first part of the podcast that nobody really knows what day of the week it is. He's talking about me. I thought Monday was like tomorrow, and I have no idea what day of the week it is. I think everyone's kind of the same, but uh, that that's going to be a tough one. That's the one I thought that we'd maybe struggle with in this run of three games. Um, I thought we'd maybe I thought seven points out of nine would have been good, and I assumed that those seven points would be the wins in the two games we've just drawn uh, at a point maybe at St Mary's, but that now we we have to go out and win that really. Um, it's not it's not a must win game. It's not like titles over if we don't win it, but you're getting yourself into a very messy situation that you don't need to get into, especially with Manchester United coming up on the seventeenth. Are we overreacting uh, a little bit on you look for for the last two and a half seasons we have watched Liverpool just win, win, no no other way other than win, win, win. And and a draw now feels like the end of the world. I think to me, like you know, really and it's mm. completely overreactive and and you know, it takes you an hour after a game to come down from a but it's, mm. it's not a loss, if you know what I mean. Well, I th- uh, I think, we, we've been weaned on this really good stuff. Yeah, I think maybe tonight, um, based off tonight's game, just maybe a bit of an overreaction to be starting worrying about this, but it's because it's in the context of drop points in other games, uh, like the ones I've mentioned. But like tonight, it's one of those where we do enough to win the game. It's similar to, uh, well, it's a better performance than, say, for example, the Origi 90 plus 6, you know, T-Rex arms, jumps for the ball, it hits the crossbar twice and bounces to Origi, and he heads it in. Tonight, there was a ricochet off Darlow to Mane, which you know, sort of bounced up in the air. There was another one with Salah. Um, not only did we Salah miss... Salah should chances, have had three, or at least yeah. one of those three chances. It's so uncharacteristic. Yeah, and, and there's a Bobby header, which is too central first half, and there's another one where Bobby's... Play- I thought Bobby was... Um, actually quite poor tonight again, which is disappointing because I thought maybe he'd re- he'd um, regained his mojo uh, after that Palace game where he was just incredible. And um, but I thought you know there's one over the top where he's pretty much in and he just takes a touch that takes him back the way out and tries to set somebody up and it's you know I know he's not uh, you're out and out striker but you watch other teams and they just take that in the chest and have a shot. Um, which can be frustrating at times because, you know, we'd created those good chances. But as I say, Salah had one where it was bobbling about. When things are going for you, that falls to somebody's feet and it goes in. When things aren't, that uh, the keeper makes a load of good saves, you miss a load of good the, chances. It cuts back to Robbo there as well. He's yeah. He's too yeah. hard. I'd say that's probably our... I'd say, Dave, that probably ranks as our like seventh or eighth best chance of that game. It was we really yeah. did create a lot of chances. We were good on the ball. We were good in possession. I think it helped that Newcastle uh, well, actually played with a striker, unlike what we saw on Boxing Day. And um, you know, at times the two wingers were were pushed up and were actually trying to attack. And I think that you know, Callum Wilson really was doing nothing for most of the game, so they might as well have just stuck him behind the ball because there was no reason to have him up there. But I think that enabled us as well as just our use of possession, our sharpness was a bit better tonight. Um, I think that all enabled us to put in a bit of a better performance. We haven't got the result. I'm not worried about it. Had we played like we did against West Brom again, I'd maybe be sat here a bit more worried. I'd be a bit more worried about teams like Manchester United and Manchester City. But I think that 
hopefully that's the end of it. You'd think that we'll get a result against Southampton. Now, it's very unlike uh, a Liverpool side, certainly a Klopp-Liverpool side, to go three in a row um, in terms of poor results. That's what, um, and, you know, that, there's nothing scientific about that, but that's just the way I, I, I kind of see that game. I, I don't expect to see Liverpool put three bad performances in a row. Not that tonight was a bad performance, but you get what I'm saying. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's one of those. It's um, I can't even remember what the question was now. I've just ram- I've rambled on for so long. But um, oh yeah, we're talking about sort of Man United and City. Yeah, if we improve, like I think we will, and I think if our luck improves, like I think it's bound to by the law of averages, then no, Manchester United won't be anywhere near us, and we will beat them in the 17th. I'm sure of that. I agree. With Andy, yeah, I think Southampton will come at us, mate. I don't think they'll. I think they're a team that will come at us and it'll suit mm-hmm. them. Yeah, possibly. I think they're without Danny Ings, aren't they? Um, which is obviously a big blow to them. He scored 20, 25 goals. He was pushing for the golden boot last season. Did he even win it? I think he was certainly fighting for it anyway. And uh, he's a big blow to them. Uh, obviously, they, they draw with, with West Ham there. And I think they're maybe being a little Ham bit more... scored in three. Right. Okay. Uh, so you know, you never know. Maybe they're gonna they're gonna look at that and think, "We'll hedge your bets here. We'll sit. We'll sit behind the ball." And that guy Vestergaard's having an absolutely incredible season for them. Every time I watch him, he looks like a um like a, a, a shadow a shadow player. What Van Dyke is because they're set up in such a way where he can he makes the defensive things look easy, look easy, uh, and he's good on the ball as well. So you know, he's one of those players who is having a great season. We're gonna have to be on our game to make sure that um. We can get around him and negotiate him, and uh, you know they're they're a good team, Southampton. They're really good ever since they uh, lost nine 0 to Leicester around this time last year, uh, or maybe a bit earlier than this time last year. Um, since then, they're right up there in terms of every league table, and um, you know uh, it's just a case of whether they can do that over the course of a season. When maybe they're in around European spots, when um, when they you know when when they're looking at that, and maybe the the mentality comes in and the the fatigue, as we say, so. It, it, they're a difficult team. I don't know if you want to talk about Southampton now, Dave, but it's they're. they're I, I uh... do actually. You're segueing segueing me in beautifully. <laughs> I, I was going to talk some nonsense about the transfers, but uh, well, well, if anybody comes, I'm sure we'll tell you about it. What about that? That's that, that seems like the best way of going. I think you know for Southampton, I, I think it's a much more difficult game than what tonight would have been. Um, honestly, going into it, I'll, I'll come to you first, Jake. You've been a, been a bit quiet on it, and I think that really. You know, we, we know what we're going to get there. Um, they, they they will want to attack us, uh, but probably keep it tight at the back as well. But th- th- there will be an intent to attack. But I'm just curious, after our performances tonight, we talked a little bit about uh, Nat Phillips and, and you know, Reese Williams isn't is much further on. It's, it's much of a muchness. I think it's, it's a choice of one of the one of those two. Um, and, and, and then we have, you know, I think front three speaks for itself. Goalkeeper speaks for itself. But we now have Thiago in the equation. <laughs> and, and, and what do we do with Thiago? What do we do with our back line? And what midfield are you going to play against Southampton? I've been quiet for two reasons. I think Andy's just burns all that toasty off while he was ranting. Then. And uh, I've been supping a beer. So, you know, it's not all bad. Um, I see the Southampton game as an easier game for us. Now, that that's because they're going to come and have a go. That that's just the way they play. That they they're set up to to not attack, but you know to to counter attack more and play with the ball a bit more than what we've had in the last two games with Newcastle and Southampton, who are managed by arguably dinosaurs of the English game, where Ralph's arguably a 
maybe a disciple of Klopp. He, he likes the Klopp sort of system. He, he plays a, excuse me, a, a slightly similar version of what we play. Um, all right, they're missing Danny Ings and the goals have dried up for them, but they still like to try and play football and that can be their downfall. Look at the Spurs game. I think it was earlier on this season where five or six Spurs put past them because they just carry on playing. That They only know one way. Um, when they played City, they, they had a go at City. They just couldn't break them down because they are struggling to score goals. But they weren't afraid to have a go. And I think that in there for makes it an easier game for us because we'll naturally play our type of football rather than banging on this big iron door that we struggle to break down, which we have done with West Brom and Newcastle. Um, lending itself to, to the team selection, I'd like to see Klopp make about four changes. Um, Ooh, bold. Yeah, uh, from from tonight's lineup anyway. I think Reese Williams comes in at the back. Um, not on, on Nat Phillips, but Nat Phillips is... His bread and butter. He heads the ball. He kicks the ball. He puts his body in situations where he know he can't win it for pace. Like well, uh, Williams is a wee bit quicker, I think. Not much, he's, but a wee bit quicker. Yeah. And he's just a bit more cultured on the ball. I know he's a younger lad, but he's a bit more cultured. I think Phillips, and I think it was Mike touched on it, maybe, or Andy. I'm not sure which one. I apologise. Um, he sort of inhibits Trent's game because, you know, they're... Trent is then naturally thinking I've got to sort of just be a bit more flat-footed and help Phillips get the ball to me rather than, you know, wait for the ball to come. Um, And then, so yeah, I'd like to see Williams come in at the back, um, all being well, uh, Fabinho, Trent, Robertson, uh, Allison in goal. I'd like to see Ginny come back into midfield. Um, Hopefully start Thiago. And then can't resist. Can't resist. I'd like to see one change in the front line. I'd like to see Firmino drop out and maybe Tahi or Shaq come in. I just think we need a little bit of freshness up the top of the end of the field. I think we really miss Jota. Um, obviously he started off electric and he's got that X factor and a little bit of pace. But I just think we just need a little bit something different, a little bit more of a foot on the ball. I know Bobby can do that and we've all thought he was back to his brilliant best. But I just think if you maybe if you play Shaq, then you play him off the right and you have Salah up against Vestergaard and I know Andy's just said how good Vestergaard is, but he turns like a tanker. He does not turn fast at all. So if you can get him on the on the back foot and turn with Salah's more, pace. More, more near fit between his legs. <laughs> yeah. So that that's the point. However, if you go for the alternative and you play Tacky and you play him either off the left and put Mane through the middle or you play him where Firmino plays, you're then drawing a centre-half out or you play him off the left like we did against Palace where he arguably had his best game for us and you put him Mane straight up against Vestergaard and you, again, you put on a fast-paced player against someone who turns slow and I just think we can become a little bit predictable with the front three and teams can set up for that way with Jota. There was always that, where we go with this, where we go with that in the opposition manager's mind and they weren't quite sure and it was that element of surprise. So for me, I'd, I'd like to see the four changes and I, that's not a knock on the lads who've come in and, and the likes of Jones and Milner and Phillips because they've all 
performed adequately, but I just think Klopp needs to use the squad a bit more than that for me is what he's mismanaged over the last few games. We waited a long time. Just like there was no point bringing Shakiri on for three minutes tonight. If you're gonna bring him on, bring him on at eighty minutes, give him ten. Otherwise don't bring him on at all. Ox didn't do much in your night, but you know, he's he, he can give you something. Didn't didn't come on at all tonight. Minamino played well against Palace, not seen him for two games. Like there must be a reason why Klopp isn't bringing these lads on, but we're crying out for a source well, of goals. When, when you, and we're just when not you, getting when it. When you see James Miller coming straight back into the team, it, it could only suggest to me, Jay, it's trust. Klopp truly it, it, trusts uh, Milner, it, where he doesn't trust, have that man, full trust. Just, it, is it too safe? Is it has he just gone too safe? And I understand what Milner gives you with the freedom to break forward with your fullbacks, but he he just doesn't give you enough in midfield for me. And I, I I much prefer to see Milner coming off the bench for fifteen twenty minutes to short up a game. I just don't think he gives you enough in midfield, and I think. Mike said, him and Anderson in midfield just doesn't work. It, they're just they're too similar. They're two square pegs. Like, one square peg, that's fine because you can put two round ones either side of them. But two square pegs and then trying to put a round one in the middle, it just does not work. And well, I, It passed the game by with Jones, we said that. And Thiago come on, Ginny come on. And all of a sudden, the ball was fizzing round. It was popping round the midfield. It was out to the the full-backs, it was into the forwards, and all of a sudden we looked a different team for 20 minutes. And I know we've got to be careful with Thiago, but I just think if you give him 60 against Southampton, you've got a 13-day gap then to United. And Klopp's comments after the game tonight said he'd come on for 20 minutes and for 12 of them he was exceptional. We've just got to see how he reacts now for the next four days. Hopefully there's no swelling or alternative reaction for, for that. But I think, as Andy said, our, our medical team have being extra cautious with him given the horrific injury he suffered and we've managed him back and I think we've really, really been careful in getting him back at the right time. So I don't see any adverse reaction from this and if we get 60 minutes under his belt against Southampton, that, that's fine by me. I think within 60 minutes that game's gone if he plays. So I, I think it, it does play into our hands and I think it'll be an easier game in terms of setup and how we play, I don't know what you lads think, but that's that's my ten pence worth. Well, uh, Jay, yeah, it's certainly very interesting. It's food for thought, and and certainly I'm thinking along those lines, and and you could actually be onto something, Mike yourself, Jay, suggesting there are a raft of changes, and I think you know quite fairly you could see that maybe Jones could take a step out and and be rested rather than dropped. I I I'll add at that. I wouldn't expect to see Milner. Um, I can totally buy in Doris Jones from the reasons he's given why, but I'm not so sure about the front three. Where, where are you? With- no, I, I think, yeah, I can see Williams coming back in myself. Um, I, I would start Thiago. I think the three we finished with is the three he'll start with. Uh, Jeannie, Hendo and Thiago. I think he'll start with them three. Um, like I said earlier about Jones, I think because he's a young kid, uh, I think he just needs a break. Um, let him gather his thoughts. Um, he's done really well, but the game passed him by. I still think that probably mistake played on his mind a little bit against West Brom, because it does with kids. Uh, so I'd rest him, play the three midfielders at finish, Hendo, Gene, and Thiago, and I think he'll stick with the front three. 
Um, he just has so much trust in Bobby, doesn't he? Uh, I think he believes Bobby will play himself into form. Um, and I do, like I said before, I think this game will suit us because Southampton will they, they will want to win the game, and I think it'll open it up. It'll be, I think it'll be a very open game. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't finish three two, something like that. You know, I, I think we'll win it. But I don't think we'll beat them six, seven, you know, five, two. I think it could be a three, two, four, two game. Um, I can't see him changing the front three. You know, I think at times when he makes his subs are a bit late. Is it his stubbornness? Is that why Milner played? He trusts him, but he's a bit stubborn in his ways at times. Clock, you know, he has got a bit of a stubborn streak in him, hasn't he? At times. Uh, like you say, and, and he's a little bit more gnarly than we've ever seen him, certainly in his time in England. Yeah, yeah. I, I think me and you touched on it, didn't we, with the press? Um, I think that got under his skin for a bit, you know. And I still think it's gnawing away at me a little bit. He doesn't like it, does he? He likes he likes to be everyone's friend. And the press is starting to give us a little bit of uh, grief, aren't they? Slowly, you know. Um, I don't know. It's just. I, I'm like you, Dave. I worry sometimes about it. Yeah, I know. Mike, you're long enough in the tooth. It's the same myself. You've seen managers walk away because they, they couldn't take it, and and we do have an exceptional one there, and and and, and we want to do everything to keep him, you know. But listen, we'll move on. Andy, yourself, now, where are you with this team selection? Um, as I say, are you are are you willing to tinker with the front three? Um, I, I don't think I am. I think I'd go with Bobby. He's been exceptional two out of the last three games, and I mean exceptional. And, you know, he's a little bit off colour tonight, but there's still, you know, he's still the best chance. He's still the best assist machine that we have. Yeah, I actually haven't thought about this at all before the podcast. Uh, so I've basically been basing my opinion off this based on uh, what you guys have said in the last 10 minutes. And what I actually would go with uh, the team Jay says. Um, I'll start with Minamino. I think that's an interesting point that Jay mentions. Obviously, Vesperard is a fantastic player and has had a fantastic season, but he is slow um, on the turn. Now, do you put somebody like Salah or Mane in the centre there, or do you put somebody like uh, Aminamino or Firmino Central that can maybe drag him out of position and make him a little bit more uncomfortable rather, being, rather than being the conventional centre-half that he likes to be? And I think if we don't really know what the best way to get Adam is, or if we want to tinker with that in-game, I think you go Minamino because you can start Minamino in the centre, and if he's getting a little bit bullied out of it, and Vesterhart's a big lad, by the way, if he's getting bullied out of it, uh, then we can move Minamino out to the left or out to the right, where we saw him have, a, have an excellent game against Crystal Palace. Um, I was a little bit sceptical of whether Minamino could play out wide for us, just because he doesn't have that insane pace that Salah or Mane do but I thought he had a really good game and I think you know if you start with Salah, Firmino and Mane and then Firmino is not really working in that central role you don't really want to put Salah or Mane there because then you have to put Firmino out wide and nobody likes Firmino out wide whereas with Minamino he can sort of do a little bit of both uh, so you have a bit more flexibility there and then you've got Bobby off the bench so I think that's I think that's what I do in terms of the front three Tiago, I think it's it's literally just a question of some sports science. If he is if he's able to play sixty minutes, he plays. There's no question about that for me. He's our best midfielder. Um and in a game like this where 
I'm not really sure how it's going to play out. It's interesting that Mike thinks it's going to be an open game. I'm not entirely sure it will be. I don't think they're going to play for the nil-nil in the same way that West Brom Newcastle did, but I don't think they're going to um, absolutely fly out at us either, especially with the injury to Danny Ings. They've maybe been a bit more tempted to do that with uh, Reese Williams or Phillips, whoever it may be, uh, if they had their two strikers, Ings and Adams, available. But um, anyway, it'll be an interesting one. But yeah, Tiago's purely in the sports science for me. And if he can do 60 plus, then he does it as far as I'm concerned. Um, and at the back, yeah, I, sorry, I bring, I bring Genie back in. I do Henderson, Genie, Tiago. Um, where's, where's Keita at? He's injured again. Injured somewhere, ever, yeah. Is somewhere. everyone just a on a treatment table up? near you somewhere? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah I think everyone's sort of given up on that one so let's assume he's not anywhere near it and then at the back yeah I, I think I'd probably go um, Reese Williams because I think this will be a bit more of a footballing game um, not that Newcastle weren't like empty football tonight by any stretch of the imagination but uh, certainly Southampton are going to have that arrogance and confidence about them that they can play the ball on the ground as well they have a bit of a, a philosophy and the, the, the traditions of the academy there they've always kind of played that way so um yeah, I think the game will be more suited to uh, a Reese Williams. Um, Adams is quick enough uh, from my recollection, so hopefully we'll be able to sort that out. Um, obviously, Fabinho will have a job on his hands. Fabinho just has a job on his hands uh, anyway. I thought Fabinho was absolutely fantastic tonight, by the way. Sorry to jump back to Newcastle. I thought I thought his yellow card is incredible. I cheered it like a goal. It's a great yellow card. There were two men running either side of them, and he just thought, right, well, one of you guys can deal with a guy running, and I'll just empty this fella here. It was absolutely beautiful, um, and I thought he was really good. He, he covers for Phillips at one point in the first half. Um, listen, in that type of system, midfielders of the of the quality of Fabinho uh, can fit into centre halves usually anyway. Uh, can fit in the centre half easily anyway. We've seen it with Mascherano. We've seen it with Joshua Kimmich at Bayern Munich. Um, and Fabinho actually has a stature in them. He's he's as good as them in the ball. He's as good tactically as them. And he's also six two, six three, whatever he is. So yeah, I think um, yeah, just sorry, complete tangent there. But Fabinho was excellent tonight. I thought he deserved a mention. And yeah, that would be my team uh, in terms of like a because Mike gives a score prediction. I think I think we will win. Uh, I think maybe two one. Um, a bit of a balance in between the mad game. Um, NDN basketball type fixture uh, and what we've seen in the last two. I think we'll be a bit in between. Uh, I think we have to win. I think the players know we have to win um, and I think they are going to win. So yeah, yeah, 2-1 Liverpool for me. Interesting. I'll, get, I'll come to you now, Jay, uh, but, uh, for, for my own. I, I think 1-0. I just don't, if we do get the goal, it's hard to see a second one at the minute. Um, and, and it's away from home as well. Although battered Palace seven, what am I talking about? But just again, that's anomalies like the seven two. Jay yourself, what 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 do you think? I, I'm happy with a one nil. I I just take one nil right now. I don't like how I, I know what you mean, but I don't. I just don't like one nil. So I just think that winning ways, Jay, three points all matters. Yeah, they just unless it's it's just a far too much nervous game. I think we just need a nice solid. 2 0 or a 3 1, they'll just, you know, an early goal and then one in the second half that just, you know, gives us a little bit of breathing space and we can maybe enjoy the 19 minute drive and sit there just either banking at it against the wall or chewing our nails. And I, I'd take a 2 0, a clean sheet. I know it, it wasn't ideal, but a clean sheet is, is a clean sheet at the end of the day. And like, you only got to look at how much. It means to Van Dyke when he plays, he loves clean sheets, and it means a lot to Allison. And 
even the lads coming in like Phillips and Williams, if they come in and they get a clean sheet, it's got to do them the world of confidence and good. So, yeah, I'd like it just a 2-0 and, you know, put the game to bed. Um, not too much fuss and hopefully, you know, Southampton have not scored in three. That continues to four games. That'll, that'll do me nicely and it gives us a little bit of breathing space, hopefully, on the rest. They, the teams in and around us have all got to play each other um, over the next few weeks. Um, so, there's, there's points to be dropped there. We just need to look after ourselves. We've got two big league games in Southampton United coming up on the agenda. That's that's a must-win six points for me. And put them six points on the board and you probably end up with a big gap again uh, in, in terms of what's between us and the chasing pack because they're all going to bicker with each other. And if we just deal with our business, then the rest just fall into place behind us. That that's That's how I see it. Yep, and and forget about the four points that we'll leave behind us this Christmas, <laughs> and, and, and it's know, hard to. It's no, presents for everyone. <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose that. Look, I, I'm I'm willing to take any one of those four scores that we've we've given because they all have us winning. So I'm I'm happy enough with any of those. Listen, we've rambled on. We're over an hour, so we'll leave it there, guys. Listen, thank you as always for your time. Pleasure talking to you, taking the time over Christmas and so on. And uh, thank you again to the listener. And until after Southampton when hopefully 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 we're celebrating three points and back to winning ways up the misfiring reds <laughs>